Coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour, the three M privileges, money, media, and mobility. We're going to talk about the first of the three M privileges, money. Why money earned outside the home should be treated as a privilege, not a right. How to keep money earned outside the home from destroying your money pants system problems to anticipate when teens start earning money outside the home, and what things you should be discussing in family council before kids get jobs outside the home, some of the problems you can anticipate and prevent, some of the safety issues involved when kids work outside the home, the risks and dangers of having money that's unaccounted for, and safety issues to watch out for when your kids are getting jobs from people you know or even nearby businesses. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A man wrote the IRS saying, I have been unable to sleep knowing that I have cheated on my income tax. I have understated my income and have enclosed a check for $1,000. If I still can't sleep, I will send the rest. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We're your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of seven sons and six daughters, ranging in age from college student to toddler. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. Today, we're going to be talking about the three M privileges. These are the, the three things that need to stay a privilege and not be, not be a right. We talk a lot about rights, and that's another topic we'll cover in another podcast. But the, their privileges are different than rights. And we have three very specific ones that parents should retain as privileges and not give to their kids as any sort of right. Yeah, not give them prematurely. Right. And because if you do, they actually can become burdens on your children. Um, and the, the, the three M's are money, media, and mobility. And today, we're going to split this up because we got you know three very big topics, I think. And so we're going to split them up. Today, we're just going to talk about the money aspect of why, as a parent, you would want to make sure that your kids understand that's a privilege. Access to money is a privilege, not a right in your home. And how that applies to, and how to apply that with money pants. And I think, Hannah, I think the... We were talking, I think we should start with, we had a customer who was telling us what her 13-year-old daughter said. And she said something, and I don't, I'm not going to quote it just right, but basically her 13-year-old daughter said, Mom, you don't pay me enough money, so I'm going to go get a job working for somebody else, and then I won't have to do all the stupid jobs you're having me do. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, I won't have to do any work at home. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> I'm not going to say snotty 13-year-old kid, but... <laughs> It was kind of a snotty 13-year-old kid. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's something a 13-year-old would say. And maybe you've had a 13-year-old say that to you. Or at least have that mentality. Yeah. Where And so these three, or, the three or, M's are yeah, kind of... Kind or of or maybe, maybe you've had like an older kid and once they get their job, they're like, huh. I don't have to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. I know it, it, 16, whether you're doing money pants mm-hmm. or not, I think parents have, you know, you'll have some kids who act normal. They get a job. They're responsible with the money and they still are respectful. But you'll have other kids where they get a job and they're like, huh, 
I don't need you anymore and I don't need to listen to you anymore. Because they don't. They have what they need. They have money. Yeah. So And so wh- what do you do with that? Well, and and so having said that, that these are kind of geared towards teenagers, but these mentalities can set in at a very young age. So it's not specifically for teenagers, but the neat thing is it kind of can also apply to older adults as well. Like if kids have are, are living at home still and they're making, maybe they have a, a job and they're starting to make some money and they're like, well, I don't have to follow the family rules. I don't have to help out. What are you talking about, mom and dad? I have all my money. I have my, I have my car. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I want to back up because this is actually kind of a stumbling block for some parents because when they first start money pants... They well, a lot of parents anticipate. They're like, "Well, I the day my kid goes, well, you're not paying me enough. I'm not going to do that." Or they're like, "I I just would lose it. I I can't do that." And so a lot of people are like, "No, I'm not paying for chores, and I'm not paying for for anything else because as soon as that attitude sets in, I'm done." And so. So, yeah, if you are, how do you handle something like that? Because at some point you do need them to handle money and, but connecting it, but connecting it to household responsibilities, that is actually a, a major concern for a lot of people is I wouldn't want it connected to household responsibilities because they live here. They need to they need to be contributing whether they're getting paid or not because they're they eat the food here, they enjoy the air conditioning, they make the messes. Right. They need to be helping clean. It's only up. fair that they help out. They have a yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Apps and absolutely. That is absolutely one hundred percent correct. So when you do start paying them in connection to to their contributions, well, wait a minute, then they can start yeah, having this attitude of, well, oh, well, if I have more money, then I don't, I don't need, if I don't want the money or don't need the money, then I don't have to do the chore. Yeah. And as soon as they have all this outside income, they don't need the money. And that's part of the problem is money pants pays a lot less than minimum wage, unless you're not for everybody. If you're in the higher echelon, you may be paying your kids minimum wage because Money Pants takes the family's discretionary money and divides that up for people to earn. Mm-hmm. And for most families, that is not going to be minimum wage pay scale. But even for the families who, you know, maybe they, they make a million dollars a year and they're paying their kids a hundred bucks a week, they may be paying their kids close to minimum wage, but their kids certainly aren't going to be living a minimum minimum wage lifestyle. So it won't match their lifestyle anyway. And that's there's a reason for that. It's set up that way on purpose. Money Pants is set up to not pay your kids a minimum wage or a living wage on purpose. Because, and there are problems with that. For example, there are two main reasons why. First, we want our kids to be hungry for work. We want them to have a desire, uh, supply and demand, where we want them to have a desire to work and to help out in the home. Mm -hmm. But secondly, we want them to kind of be eager to get a job and to transition out of the home when they're older. And it's an, it'll be a natural progression into the real world and the workforce. So those are the kind of the two reasons why Money Pants... The, the purposely does purposely, not pay yeah, it, minimum wage. So I, when I'm, I'm thinking of, well, we've told, I think we've told the story before where we had a mom who's like, oh, 
I'm, my son's not going to work for a quarter to do the dishes. And so she paid him like 20 bucks, some very large amount of money for doing the dishes for like 30 minutes of work. And after just a couple of weeks, this kid had amassed $200 or something like that. And he went out and promptly bought himself an Xbox and a game console. And at, after that point, wouldn't lift the finger. And he's like, yeah, I got what I want, mom. And his mom, didn't matter how much his mom offered at that point, he didn't, he didn't want anything. Because he had, the one thing he wanted was his Xbox. And he earned it by doing all this work. And his mom overpaid him. And all of a sudden, that desire, that need, that supply and demand no longer applied because he had what he, the market was saturated. Yeah, and it, like, for some reason, all went to fun money. <laughs> yeah, so, she didn't. So there were, there were a couple of problems yeah, she there. Didn't, she didn't follow the rules and all the 10, 10, and 10 rules. Yeah, but, 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 but whatever the case, it doesn't matter. Even if she had, maybe he'd have to work for six months. If, you, if she were following the 10, 10, and 10 rule, but still overpaying him so much, 10% of a lot of money is still a lot of money. Yeah. And he still would have been able to buy his Xbox and then I, I don't care, mom. Yeah. So, and we're actually going to talk about more, more about that when we talk about the, is it the second M is media media and keeping that as a privilege as well. So there were, there were, there were a couple of mistakes there that ended up causing some problems. What would happen in your home if you did pay your kids minimum wage? Think about that for a second. What if you paid your kids minimum wage? Would they ever be motivated to go get a job outside the home? Not only are they living there for free and have all the free food and all the the air conditioning and the insurance and everything that comes with living at home, plus they're making minimum wage. Why would they ever leave? They have all the fun money in the world, you know, and there there, there are some kids who would because they're just that way. But you're actually de-incentivizing your children to want to work if you're paying them too much too much money. Well, we had a we had an experience when we were newlyweds where there was a girl who was in that that we knew who was in a a, a troubling situation mm. where uh, with her mom and her mom's boyfriend and th- there was just all this weirdness going on and she ended she needed, up she needed a place to she stay. needed a place to stay. Yeah. And she was, I uh, probably eighteen. Was she? She's somewhere around there. I don't. She was. A, I. Maybe, I don't know how old she was actually. Maybe anyway, twenties. So yeah, um, somewhere in there. So we were just, you know, this was. It didn't matter. LA. She was in a bad situation. Yeah, she was yeah. in a bad situation, and so we're like, okay, we didn't want her on the street, which is where she was going to end up. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, come stay with us. We'll help you get a job yeah, and help you get, to, get on your feet. Get yeah. on your feet. But we were in a one bedroom, one bath apartment, tiny with a newborn. With a newborn. And so, sure enough, she she did. She got a job, and we, and we were thinking. Well, it, took, it took a while. It took about it took a month a while, for her to get. But she, she got a job at like a, as a waitress or. A I know, uh, working at a department store. Was good, it? Yeah, it was oh, working okay. at a department store. So it was a good job. And. Um, and one day, I, I so I asked her, so when, when are you going to get an apartment or something like that? Like, are you going to... Well, do, she had been working for a while at that Yeah, point. do you have, like, do you have people that you could be roommates with mm-hmm. and, and move on? And she goes, why would I do that? And I, I was like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, I'm living here for free. I'm perfect. And you guys feed me, too. And so why would I move anywhere else? I'll just stay here. Yeah. 
And at that point, yeah, she was gone in a week. <laughs> what, what, but that, but so, she, she, she um, but the question she but, asked was really good. It's like, well, wh- why would I? Well, she put it right out there, and yeah, why, why, her, why would I go? Why anywhere? would she? I'm making good money. Uh, um, I'm socking all this money away, and I'm getting everything. I was, else for yeah, free. I was making her breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and yeah, we were sharing our food with her, and of course, she had air conditioning and a room and a and and bed and and, and she, yeah, she could do whatever and, she wanted, and I, I we hadn't even given her any chores or any nope, responsibilities. No responsibilities, and so so if it, that's what you're after, great. Pay your kids minimum wage, <laughs> yeah. pay them, or pay them a living wage. Yeah, and then because that's what she was making was a living wage. Was a living wage, and so, so you have to be careful and be mindful of that, like I, I, ahead of time when you're moving into that. I guess that mostly the teen years. I think it should be set up from when kids are younger, though. I yeah. really think the, the the sooner you explain to your kids how the real world works, the healthier they will be. You explain and why your kids, you're doing what hey, you're doing. We love you. And we want the best for you. And when you're when you finish high school, and you know, and you're getting ready to move out, we're going to expect you to pay your own way and all that. Or if you're living here, we're still going to expect you to keep jobs and chores going. Like you need to set up what the expectations are yeah. ahead of time, so that that way it doesn't come as a shock. To and that's the part of the problem too is a lot of times Hannah parents will realize that their teenagers aren't contributing anymore at home, and they'll try to impose order, and the teenagers rebel. And they hate it. Well, I've had that happen to me. <laughs> no, we're, we're, it's hard when you, as a parent, when you're moving into uncharted territory where, where you're not, and maybe like you were a certain way when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And well, I always did this when I was a teenager and I was, and, but your kids, they have different personalities. Every single one of them have yeah. different personalities. And so you're not able to anticipate necessarily what their what the problems are going to be and so it's it's a lot easier if you can anticipate the possible problems not that your kids will do those things but anticipate it and and prepare for it and and talk about it ahead of time of well you know this is what i don't want to see how how should we deal with this so it doesn't turn into that what should or here are the boundaries i'm willing to do this i'm willing to pay you guys for the chores that you do but as soon as this happens you know there's going to have to be consequences to that what should we do about this so and that and that is why we recommend for the family members if, if the kids have unfettered access to their money all sorts of problems can happen. And you just mentioned them where the kids are like, hey, you know, I got my money, mom and dad, I don't need you. Money pants, first of all, we have the piggy banks where, mm-hmm. and we have spending plans. And we have for, directed spending. And we have directed spending all as a way, because giving your kids unfettered access to that much money is a huge mistake because it's too much responsibility for the kids. It's too, they go from, they go from no responsibility, no financial responsibilities, or, you know, they can just blow whatever money they have, still not being responsible. They go from that, you know, maybe they got five bucks or whatever in allowance to having, you know, $1,000, $2,000 a year that they're supposed to be responsible for. And it's too much. It's too hard for them. And these are, these are kids. I, their brains are not fully developed. They look like adults <laughs> when they're 15, and but they're not. You know, your, your, son's, your, your son is, is shaving in the morning. He's, go, he's able to grow a beard, and you're like, well, he must be an adult. He's not. He Physically, he's starting to look like an adult, 
But mentally, that is too hard of a transition, too much of a burden for him to be able to handle that much responsibility. You need to make sure you have to set up those boundaries to help your children. Yeah. They have to have that. Well, it's so funny. Like with high schoolers, they're so such a, the kids are always very shocked when, you know, they move up a grade Mm -hmm. and they see like the incoming freshmen Mm -hmm. and they're like, I was that little, I was that immature, Mm -hmm. I was, Mm -hmm. and with every progressing grade level, and even, even like six months makes a big difference in the maturity level of a teenager. Yes, absolutely. And it it happens so rapidly, but it's like these significant jumps. Well, their brains are really expanding very, very quickly at that age. There's a huge difference Mm -hmm. between a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old. There's a huge difference between a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. Yes. So, um, well, like huge, but even a 15-year-old to a 16-year-old, there's a huge difference in maturity. So, But that that's why we recommend paying your kids cash. First of all, that really helps make the association between work and money, uh, work and, and rewards and all that. But secondly, don't give all that cash to your kids to hold. We suggest putting it in their little expense baggie or whatever it is, expense, expense envelope, and putting it in the family safe. And the kids can only access that. They can only access their money through the parents. For some reason, if your kids have unfettered access to that much money, they feel like they feel like they don't need mom and dad anymore, and they don't need mom and dad's permission to spend it. And they can just use spend it on whatever they want. And that's not a fair burden to place on your children. They're not able to understand the consequences of misspending or using money immaturely or and again that's why we have the whole directed spending concept you're helping your children avoid those costly mistakes and we'll talk about about, about some of the more costly mistakes here in a minute but I, I wanted to go back to the the main issue is when it comes to money outside of money pants is is this whole outside income idea yeah. where kids are earning money outside the home for the first time and and it's a lot of money and it yeah well they do babysitting and they get paid 20 bucks and they're like whoa i normally make that in a week at home and i made that in an evening babysitting and so again it it's over a little overwhelming for their brains to process what am i supposed to do with this and so what we're trying to say is you need to help your kids out like i'll give an example well one of my children didn't like didn't feel like he needed to help out at home anymore and he didn't want to and so what he did is he went to a rich uh well-intentioned sympathetic doctor friend who paid him something like 100 bucks or 150 bucks or something like that for a few hours worth of work and this son of mine came back home and flaunted the money in front of me and said ha see i don't have to work for the peanuts that you pay me i just made 150 bucks working for so and so for two or three hours for yeah for a few hours and it, it did at first you know it left me scratching my head going hmm yeah how do oh. i deal with this one because <laughs> now all of a sudden my son has learned a very dangerous lesson which is i don't have to work i don't have to develop work ethic i can just leech off of other people's goodwill and earn the money as fast as I want, whenever I want, and it'll all work out. Well, it, what's also weird, a weird phenomenon that we've noticed is that people are often willing to pay teenagers more money than they would hire adults for. Like if my husband went over to the same gentleman and said, hey, 
I need work. I, I need work. work. Can I chop up that firewood for you? He'd be like, sure, and would have paid him 20 bucks an hour, 25 bucks an hour. Not 50. But if a charming young teenager comes and does the same thing. Well, that's part of our society people, is we're so excited that, oh, a teenager's working. Let's reward them. Yeah, and, and that's that's one of the problems we've run into is so few teenagers do work that people get really excited. When our kids. When are, they, when only, they see. But our kids are hardworking. Because they're like, oh, that is so cool. I want to support that. I'm gonna, and I so they, that. Yeah. they want to reinforce it and support it. And so then they they like way overpaying. You're like, he's not a college graduate. <laughs> he's not a doctor. And he's not doing, he's <laughs> he's not not doing, doing surgery. He's not doing work either. But, um, but, but, but that's, that's actually the wrong lesson because then when that, that child tries moving in the real world and they find out, oh, that's $15, $20 an hour work. And they, they don't want to do it. They have in their minds that this 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 will if they did this kind of work, well, it, they'd get rich off of it. <laughs> this same child, who will remain nameless, uh, did end up having to work because of uh, circumstances. He ended up having to get a real job, and he was shocked. I think it paid eight dollars an hour, twelve dollars mm-hmm. an hour, something like that. And he's like, "What? I'm not going to work for that." And that he looked around, and that's how much all the jobs paid. Real jobs. Don't pay. You can't. You can't hour earn a week's worth a... of wages in in three hours for most jobs. You just can't because you're supposed to work forty hours a week, and that's how you earn a living. And he did not understand that at all. Unfortunately, this rich doctor friend had done him kind of a disservice by giving him this false impression that oh, I can earn all my living expenses in a weekend. No, you can't. Most jobs you have to work hard. To, uh, to be able to earn a living wage. It's just, and you need an education. And yes, for and non-skilled labor, you should be getting non-skilled labor wages. And my, my son didn't understand that. And the, the, the doctor friend, bless his heart, did my son a disservice and taught him a, a false lesson that charm will, get, will guarantee you a high wage. <laughs> and it doesn't. So, but I wanted to talk about when your kids are earning that outside income. I, I think the easiest way to understand that, the easiest way to deal with that is to, uh, two options. First, you want to put, you can put all that money that they earn into a savings account for them to hold on to until they leave home and then you give it back. Or the second option is incorporate that outside income into their spending plan within Money Pants. So the first option, you know, my son goes out and he makes 150 bucks for working for this doctor friend. Instead of discouraging the doctor friend from paying him that much money, I'm like, oh yeah, pay him that much money. Because then when my son gets home, we're like, awesome, dude, that's great. Take that money and put it in his savings account. And we set this all up ahead of time and say, hey, any money you earn outside the home, we're going to put into your savings account. You're going to have all this money when you leave home. You'll be ready. You'll be able to pay for a car if you want or uh, insurance for that car or uh, your apartment or the whatever you, you, your college stuff, whatever it is, you'll have this huge amount of money that we'll send you on your way with. Kind of like a, a forced savings plan of what a four hundred one k whatever. Yeah, they are. but it will give you a lot of confidence as you step yeah, out the door. You step out the door and you've got your pocket full of thousands of dollars. And in the meantime, before that happens, he's learned directed spending because he's been using his money through money pants through mom and he dad. He knows how to manage bills. Yeah. He knows how to. So that money won't burn a hole in his pocket. Yeah. 
So that that's the first option. Well, I, and back to the doctor friend, I think the doctor, um, in his defense, assumed that that's where the money was going to go because of the age of our son. I, I think he assumed oh, maybe. he was go- it was going to go towards his mission, and he was helping him save up for his mission. Could be, um, yep. And so I think that was the assumption is, oh, I'm paying him this, and, and it will go towards paying for his mission. Right. And so it, it would have been better if we had had that setup of that goes towards savings. Right. And what we didn't. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up teaching a weird lesson and where the person was being generous, thinking that they were supporting a, a, bigger, a, savings, goal. a yeah. bigger goal. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't actually something that was set up. Instead, it was used to buy things, you know, of, hey, I can buy what I want with this. And we'll talk about that in a yeah. minute. Yeah. So, so that's the first option. Just set it up with your kids ahead of time. Hey, any money you earn outside the home goes into your, so, yeah, your it, 401k, your family 401k. When you're ready to get a job, this is what's going to happen. And you could even get fancy and you could say, hey, for every dollar that you donate, mom and I will will, will, will match it, you know, yeah, to motivate you, them. But you could also, and maybe we actually suggest this, is say they bring home, your child goes out and works for the doctor friend, come, brings back 100 bucks. Say, hey, you know what? Here's 10 bucks. You, you go pay your pay your tithing, your donations, whatever it is, and then 10 more bucks for fun money. The rest, though, goes into goes the savings, savings account. You know, the whole 10, 10, and 10 rule. Yeah. That, that, that would work, too. So, But whatever the case, set it up ahead of time with your kids. Say, hey, if you, you, earn, earn money, you earn money outside the home, this is what's going to happen. That's option number one. In, we live in California, and in California, the laws are strict about teenagers working, like how much they can work, and when it's during school and, time, and, and all that. Yeah, yeah, and what age they can work. So, for the most part, teenagers can't get a job until they're sixteen here, right. and even that's limited how much they can work. And so, we tried this again, and so we have a daughter now who has a job at, at McDonald's, mm-hmm. and. Anything she earns at McDonald's goes goes to a, a savings account in the bank, mm-hmm. and and then um, and then she's like, "But what I earn at Money Pants at home, that's what I do use to go get my hair done or go buy clothes and things like that." And she, and she really likes that, right? And some of the money she did spend to purchase her braces because she had worked out a deal with an orthodontist where she was due babysitting that covered half the cost of the braces, and then right. she had to come up with the rest of the money. So she did have a big savings goal that the outside money she was earning was going towards that. But after that, she knows she's knows that that money is going, all goes towards savings, but she likes it. She likes knowing that she's going to have that money. She likes seeing that bank account grow. Mm. And now she's like, she's, you know, a year, a year out exactly from when she's going to be leaving home. And it's, it's really building her confidence to know, hey, every time I go to work, it's more money where I Basically, could. Basically, I am putting away freedom and yeah. independence in this bank account. Yeah, and I'm going to, I'm going to be yeah. okay when I'm out on my own. And not only that, but now if I apply for a job when I'm out at school, I have something for my resume to say, hey, I held this job. I did this and I had these skills. So because when you go get your first job, it's really hard to get your first job if you've never had a job before. And so there are just a whole bunch of, there are still other benefits, but we found that that's working much better. And she still does her 
responsibilities at home. And that's her money to go buy clothes, go buy makeup, uh, you know, uh, pay for things that she needs. And it's working out well. Now, that's one child, one personality. Right. Um, may or may not work. It may or all. may not work with all. But so far, that's been way more successful than than having a kid where they're like, Meh, I have a job and I have thousands of dollars laying around. I don't really feel like. Well, they feel like earning. they don't they don't need mom and dad anymore. And they certainly don't need to listen to mm-hmm. mom and dad anymore. And that's something we want to get away from. Because again, the whole point of Money Pants, twofold, to help everybody develop work ethic. Secondly, to help them develop their superpowers. And by not listening to mom and dad and not adhere and not helping out at home and not having those regular jobs, you're missing out on the huge part of what childhood has to offer. And that is the opportunity to develop that work ethic. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come back to bite you later on in life because things that matter most require work. Yeah. And well, the other thing great about Money Pants is that it's it creates this amazing transition instead of going, okay, mom and dad have taken care of everything and you've had right. all this extra yes. money. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're 18, you're out of the house. Okay, you're all on your own. Goodbye. Bye. Good luck. Uh, that's a shock. That's shocking. And but then there's the opposite situation where the kid is constantly reliant on mom and dad into their, you know, 30s. All, into their thirties yeah. or something like that. So we want to avoid both of those situations. Um, yeah, we don't want to. We won't, don't want to shock our children when they leave home, but we don't. We don't want to be coddling them until they're in their thirties either. Yeah, and so well, um, one time my parents, I had never paid for car insurance before. And my my parents were paying my car insurance and they were helping me out with college. They were paying for my food. They were paying for my housing. They were paying for, you know, and and, and extra spending money, just paying for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And one day I, I, I was home for Christmas break. My dad looked at the car insurance and he goes, I'm not paying this. Why am I paying this? He goes, okay, um, starting now you're paying your own car insurance. And it was a shock to me. I didn't know how to shop for it. I didn't know how to do any, like I had no idea what you I had was no idea doing. Where to begin, right? And I was, so I ended up just going, well, who do you get car insurance from? Okay. I did. I, I no, did. So I, how old were you? I was 19. 18, 19? 19 probably. I'm pretty sure anyway, most 19 year olds don't know much it, about shopping for car insurance. That's not a big deal. But it was shocking to me because I wasn't used to paying for anything. But if you've never done it, it it's scary and it's shocking. Of I wasn't it would used be. to buying my own clothes. I had never shopped mm-hmm. for my own clothes or made decisions like that. And so part of what I wanted for my own kids was I wanted there to, instead of, my dad was right. He shouldn't be paying for my insurance at that age. He right. was 100% well, no, you'd already right. Left home. You'd yes. already home. Time to move yes, on. it was time thing. for yep. me to to start taking care of myself. But what Money Pants offers is a transition into that, where your kid understands shopping, they understand budgeting, they understand delayed uh, gratification, delayed gratification, uh-huh. um, they understand and it, cash and the value. And, it, and it, yeah. it's not like a harsh thing of "Hey, now you're paying for it all yourself." No, they've built up to that. So it creates this bridge between being, you know, a little kid versus being an adult. And sometimes it just happens where the, you're a little kid, you're a little kid, you're an adult. And and so what Money Pants does is it creates this 
intermediate area where they're not totally, they're not calling all the shots and it's, it's, it's within a boundary mm-hmm. that they're managing money, but they're having to actually manage money, but it's, it's not a free for all and it's not all their responsibility right? because that's too much at once, especially at that age. And so, so that's what you want to set up ahead of time, but you have to be aware that getting work outside of the home you have to be prepared for that. And what can upend have the whole a, system? You, you have to have a plan for that. Right. So the, the first option to, to, to plan for that, that outside income, is to set up that, that whole savings plan. Okay, great. Thanks for the way to go. I'm so proud of you for, for earning that money. All the money you earn, though, goes into your savings account. You can't mm-hmm. touch it. Nobody can touch it. But as soon as you leave home, it's yours. Now, I want to be clear. It's not when you graduate. And it's not when you turn 18. It's, We've made that mistake, too. It's it's when you, you leave, leave home. home. When you move out of this house. Yeah, when you're no longer relying on me and mom for food and for clothing and for everything that you enjoy, that's when you can access that money, not before. Yeah, so, um, because you don't... Some kids are just kicking to get out of the house. They're yep. like, I want to I want to move out when I'm 15. I want to just... Yep. I want to be on my own. And others are homebodies where they're like... I'm perfectly fine staying uh-huh. here, and so <laughs> they need forever. they need a little motivation to go, and so you don't you don't want them to be too comfortable. So 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 that's one way to deal with it. The second option of dealing with this outside income is to uh, incorporate it into money pants, where money pants has an option for outside income. When you're creating your spending plan, there's actually a, a section where you can enter in. Outside income, it'll incorporate it into how much you can earn, and then you can incorporate it into your spending plan. That works really well. The one caveat, though, is that only works with regular income. Erratic income, like if you, I don't know, say you work seasonally. Yeah, you do lifeguarding for one month out of the year or... Yeah, (laughs) it it won't work because the, the app is designed for regular income, not erratic income. Your spending plan, it would get upended because it would expect you to be to be able to earn this amount, yet you don't earn that until later on in the year. The, all your piggy banks will be off and nothing will work. So yeah. th- it only works well for regular income, like our one daughter's job at um, McDonald's, where it's, it's regular money she yeah, can count you, on every week. It, she could do that instead. So right. right now, she just has it all going to a, a savings account. And that's what I recommend anyway. Yeah. That, that's probably she best. She has that all and, and just has it separate. Like, that's separate. But it's some people yours. do have a regular gig that they do on a regular basis. And, and they want to be able to spend the money now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they want to, like uh, one family, they were on the lower income level and they didn't have the ability to buy their kids you know, super nice clothes or, uh-huh. or things like that. And that's something their kids wanted. And so they wanted a job where they could incorporate that and, and have access to a bigger budget right. to work with um, yeah, during sure. the year. So, so if that's the case, yeah, if you have a regular job, put, you know, you, you walk someone's dog every week, yeah, all, you know, all year, you mow somebody's lawn year round, you can put that into your budget and plan for that and and budget for mm-hmm. that within the app. But otherwise, I, I keep it just keep it separate. And, it's, and, but the reason why that outside income, say my son who earned 150 bucks from the doctor, say he entered that in as regular income in money pants, it would work because 
Money Pants automatically puts the money into the piggy banks. He has a spending plan anticipating that money, and he can only spend 10% of it. Only 10% of it goes to fund money. That's the problem, is that when kids earn outside income, money outside the home, they think, it's all mine, I can do whatever I want with it. No, you can't. That's what fund money is for. Fund money is what you do whatever you want with it, but that's only 10% of your total budget. And so the idea of incorporating this into money pants is to kind of add a structure to your money and make your money work for you. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so. Well, also, the other thing to set up with with kids getting jobs is to let them know that, hey, working outside the home is actually a privilege. Going oh, we're over going to no, oh, talk about that oh, okay. right now. Okay. So that, there are, here's the problem. And this is what you're going to hear as a parent is your kid goes, works, and you, or maybe you're sitting down with them and you're talking to them about this and you're like, hey, you know what? This is what we think. Any money you earn outside the home, we're, you gonna, we're either going to add it in as money pants income or we're going to put it into a savings account Yeah, for which you. do you want to yeah. do? And the kids will say, it's my money. I found the job. I worked. I earned it. It's mine and it's none of your business, mom and dad. Ooh. Okay. Fair, you know what? But the thing is, well, that's a fair whether, argument. Whether you're doing money pants or not, you could run into that. Right. And that's a fair argument. And uh, what we hear a lot from other parents is, uh, 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 my house, my rules. And that's true. Yeah, that is true. But that's not really a response. And that isn't solving the problem. So uh, what you just said, Hannah, a better way to approach it is to uh, use, to set up access to money as a privilege, not a right. Again, this is one of the three M's that should be privileges, not rights. Access to money is a privilege that you earn, not a right in my home. Mm -hmm. So if you're, I'll give you an example. A man, he works his whole life and he makes millions of dollars and he buys himself a really nice house. And he's like, look at me, I'm, I'm so great. Turns out he was, and then he gets involved in criminal activities and the police come along and they take the house away. And he's like, no, that's mine. It's my house. I bought it. Yeah, but you negated that privilege when you broke the law that's that that privilege of owning the house is a privilege not a right same with your kids you know they may be making all this money but if they're doing bad things with the money and or doing bad things at home that should not be a right that should be a privilege something they have access to contingent on behaviors anyway so i but i think more importantly when it comes to contributing in the home that when kids work outside the home, they think that their obligation is just to earn money so they can do what they want. No, the reason that they need jobs in the home is because they need to have that stewardship. They need to be contributing in the home. They live in the home. They need to contribute in the home. Every member of, of the society needs to be working to better the society. And people who abdicate that responsibility aren't doing their job. They're not going to be happy. And it's a detriment to the whole family. <laughs> well, so, I was thinking about that. You know, telling your kids, say, hey, look, we're going to do this money pants thing where I, I pay you. And you get to, you know, budget your money. And you get to, you know, have all these privileges. Uh-huh. Say, if you blow that, we're going to go back to me buying your clothes, me doing this. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what? My kids, when they, once they've had that ability to plan their own money and uh-huh. budget and buy their clothes and stuff, and you threaten them, okay, then we won't, we won't be doing this anymore. They hate that. They're like, 
Once you've had a taste of the freedom of being able to choose how you spend your money, once like you've had with, a taste even of that within, spending plan freedom, within a boundary, once of, you've tasted directed spending, you're like, well, no, I don't want mom and dad to mm-mm. buy my clothes for me. No. Please don't. <laughs> so, so, so threatening up, to set, go back to say, hey, we'll go back to this if you don't abide by the rules of money pants. So you need to set up access <sighs> to money as a privilege, not a right. Yeah. So, and, and that's the other thing is going back to this whole stewardship thing, people need to be needed. When teenagers, but kids of all ages, but particularly teenagers abdicate that responsibility, their stewardship in the home because they don't quote unquote need to work anymore. They're no longer necessary in the home. And believe it or not, that actually is detrimental to their development because they feel it. They're like, I guess I'm not necessary for this home. And that adds all sorts of bad problems. That, that's depression. That's discouragement. That's I'm unnecessary. I'm disposable. I'm not needed. Well, you read stories about families where like a, a parent's gotten sick or they've been out of work or the family's struggling in some way. And the teenagers have stepped up and gotten jobs and mm-hmm. helped pay bills and stuff like that. Where I'm like, I wonder how those, how different that feels for those teenagers knowing that I helped my family through a hard time. I rose to the challenge. And I, my family I, but, was relying on me. I was me. necessary. I, yeah. Now, we don't want, we're not talking about that teenagers yeah. should be supporting the family, but we're, we're saying they need to have an element of that in their lives. Yeah. Because that's so critical to proper development. They need to be needed. Yeah, they need to but be I just wonder like how different a teenager who knows, you know, you see teenagers where, yeah, they, they're going through depression and they, they feel like their lives are nothing. And nothing, yeah. no better cure than put them to work. Yeah, where we actually need you. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell that to my kids. I, hey, this house it wouldn't run without everybody pitching in yeah. and, and contributing. But it, Hannah, the neat thing, it's true though. Yeah, you are I needed. need you. You are necessary. <laughs> I need your help. I actually can't do this by now, myself. Now on the farm, that's, that is without doubt that that happens on the farm naturally because yeah. without everybody working on the farm, all sorts of bad things happen. Yeah. Animals die, everything starves, you starve. It doesn't work. So here with money pants, we kind of have to, I don't know, create this kind of like artificial. Artificial farm. <laughs> artificial, artificial necessity. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people who live on farms, they, they see our product and they're like, well, duh, you need to work. <laughs> yeah. Where it, so many people, I was even reading a book about John Wooden and sure enough, he grew up on a farm. And where people who grow up on farms, they, they learn work ethic because they, that lifestyle demands it. You, you it's a necessity. Yes. Um, but for the rest of us, our lives don't actually demand it. And so we have to find a way to create. Now, well, our family does. Yeah. Hannah, you and I could not. We have 13 children. Yeah, There's, we we actually cannot clean the house ourselves. But we for cannot. people who have two or three kids, yeah. Yeah, mom and dad can do it easy. No problem. Yeah. But what a horrible lesson that teaches the kids. And you, you're denying your kids all these great so things that they can So we kind of live on a farm yeah. is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> But well, okay, so so going back to this problem okay. though, the kids saying it's my money, I earned it, mom and dad, you don't have access to it, it's none of your business. You need to set it up so that not only are your kids needed, you still need to contribute here in the home, mm-hmm. no matter how much you earn outside the home, but also you know, you're needed. You have the stewardship, but uh, when it, 
you set it up as a privilege, not a right. And then what you want to do is you just set it up, be very clear, say, you know what? I love that you're working outside the home. That's amazing. Congrats on getting that great job. Wow, I'm so proud of you. But working outside the home and bringing that money in is also a privilege and not a right. So, and again, to back up, you're not going to tell your kids this, but this is what you're probably thinking is, oh, well, I, my kid's getting free water, uh, electricity, power, uh, food, uh, housing, heat, uh, clothing. All They're getting all these things for free. Mm-hmm. So any money they earn outside the home really is a privilege. I'm allowing them to have all these things for free. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting them to pay for all these things. They're not, they're not paying their medical bills and health care and all that stuff and gas for the cars and insurance. No, they're getting all these things for free. I expect you to do these certain responsibilities. If you're going outside the home, though, and shirking those responsibilities, that's a no-go. So what I think, what should happen is, going back to what you tell your kid, you say, hey, I'm so proud of you for getting this great job. Wow, way to go. 150 bucks for a day's worth of work. Way to go. I just have one request. That's a privilege to go earn that money. When you, before you go, I expect your daily jobs and your weekly jobs to be done and, you know, 50% of your habits to be marked off or whatever, whatever, however you want to set that up. But I expect your stewardships here at home to be completed before you go earn outside income. And it's funny because we set that up with our children. And I remember when my oldest, she was doing that house cleaning business and she knew what would happen if... She didn't do her jobs first. So she would get up early Saturday morning, early, early Saturday morning, get her Saturday job done and then go off and clean house and then come home and she'd make lots of money, but she hadn't, re- she, she would have fulfilled her responsibilities here at home first. And then that privilege of working outside the home and bringing in all that extra money worked very well. And uh, yeah, well, they- se- setting it up that way really helps the kids know what's expected of them mm-hmm. and it works well. So the whole idea of mom and dad, so, it's my money, it's not your business, that's not true, first yeah, of all. And, and, and you can talk about it as a family, you can set, you know, in family council, you can say, okay, so what should the consequence be if somebody right. okay, goes, let, okay, let's talk goes about that. and does a job and they, and they haven't contributed and they're dumping their responsibilities on the rest of the family? What should the consequence be? And you can decide that as a family, some ideas that have come up for us have been, well, they should have to come home. Right. And not, and I'll, I'll you dr- know. I will drive over and I will pick up little Sally mm-hmm. from Mrs. Smith's house and say, hi, Mrs. Smith. So sorry I have to interrupt Sally's house cleaning. She didn't finish her jobs at home before she left and she knew she was supposed to. So I'm going to have to ask her to come home with yeah. me right now. And now, if Mrs. Smith has an ounce of common sense, she'll go, oh, Sally isn't fulfilling her responsibilities at home. Yeah, I don't want her working for me then. Sally, I expect you to come back as soon as you finish your responsibilities at home. And that if, if Mrs. Smith has an ounce of common sense, that's what will happen. If she doesn't, though, that's not somebody you want your daughter working for anyway. Mm-hmm. If, any, if any adult is going to undermine what you're trying to do and teach your kids at home, if they're, if they're undermining that... You should avoid them. You, you should, you should <laughs> avoid, avoid them you like shouldn't a plague. T- you should not touch them with a 10-foot cattle prod. You'd stay far away from them. You don't want them influencing your children anyway. Yeah, you, you don't so, want to deal with people like that. The and other option, so, though, is... Well, oh, well, and then... But if it's like a job where, you know, somebody has an appointment and your kid was supposed to babysit and they're relying on them and it's, you know, going to cause a huge problem yeah, picking for them, this picking person. Yeah, picking them up from Mrs. Smith's house isn't is an option. Yeah, yeah, then maybe it would be unsafe or it would... Or maybe they've already gotten back yeah. before you realize that they skipped out on yeah. their job. Yeah, then, then maybe the consequence is the money that you earned 
you need to hand it over either permanently, and that goes to whoever substituted your your responsibilities, or I'm going to hold on to that money until you're done with your chores, or you, you can frame it however you want, but you should talk about this in your family council before and set this up with your kids and come to an agreement with your kids what will happen. And get their input. Yeah, get their we, input. We talked about that with fees in our, in our previous podcast where more often than not, the kids will come up with more severe punishments than we the parents. Yeah. And th- that way we can kind of back off and go, oh, you know, that's nice. But, you know, stringing them up by their toenails, that's a little harsh. Maybe we just... <laughs> Take the money, take the money that they were, that they earned and they only get to keep a small part of it. The rest goes to paying the substitute. And then on the flip side, you could have a really smart kid. We we had one of these who, when we'd have family council and we'd talk about consequences, would say, no, guys, no, you should make it like, make it nothing. And so that, you know, and so, and and then you need to intervene as well as the parent and go, well, that doesn't work for me, so so no. Nope. Come up with something. We're gonna have yeah. to come up with something that actually works for all of us because I don't think that'll be enough to motivate you to deter that behavior. Yeah. yeah. So so use that family council, but anticipate this very situation. And, and we're gonna talk about family councils in a couple of weeks yeah. here about how to how to run those most effectively. Yeah. To get the most out and to make sure because again. Go back to the whole team. We're a team. We're a unit. Mom and dad are the coaches. But we're all a team working together to achieve a common goal. Yeah. And that's the betterment of everybody in the family. So you don't you don't want to be a dictator. Mm-hmm. That's that's not what family council is about. You don't want to be handing down rules and ruling with an iron fist. Nope, not that at all. We want to get the kids' input, get them to sign off because otherwise there's that power struggle. We want to avoid that. We don't yeah. want that, don't need that. Well, and, and for a while, we when we were in crisis mode, we weren't having family counsel. And I think that resulted in a lot of problems because we weren't having people sign, like we weren't talking about things ahead of time and yeah. we weren't getting input and and letting having them help solve the problems yeah. and and so that that's a mistake to not do that but like i said when you're in crisis mode sometimes things yeah, just, just aren't try, ideal yeah. you're trying you to try, survive yeah you're in survival mode so so it's that's just that's you know another ball of wax but but in an ideal situation you want to be having the counsel so uh, so that's one problem is if the kid goes leaves go work for outside income and neglects to do their responsibilities at home. The other is, what if they go uh, uh, they, they, they go and they work and then they come back and like, oh, I didn't make any money or, oh, I only earned $5 when in fact they earned 150 What do you do there? What, what are the consequences for hiding the money? Because that can upend your system too. You're, again, you're trying to motivate your kid to develop work ethic. The only way that happens is if they do their job day in and day out. There's no substitute for work. There's no there's no shortcut to developing work ethic. And if your kid's trying to circumvent that by earning outside income and throw and going, I don't care if I yeah somebody get, pays them in cash and it's it would be real easy to you know stuff it in their shoe and go yeah. hey I got five dollars you know? I'll put that in my money pants account there you go mom and dad and then they go off and they party with their friends and they and you, you'll know that's happening because they don't want to work at home that's how you know that they actually have money somewhere else because all of a sudden they're not contributing at home and wait a minute where'd they get the new iPhone. Hmm. Oh, a friend gave it to me. Yeah, right. 
So you can usually detect the kids that are doing this. But my, my husband's really good at detecting this sort of thing. His this, baloney this, sandwich meter yeah, goes off really sa- fast. The same consequences apply where, unfortunately, they have to lose it. Or you just, you take it and you put it in their savings account and say, yeah, you know what, you can't Sorry, that. or you can't work for this person or, anymore. Or, unfortunately, I can't allow you to go work outside the home anymore. I can't yeah, take you, the next, I won't take the, you to Mr. Smith's anymore because... You were dishonest with the family and you, you're not doing your responsibility. So that's, a, again, it's a privilege. I, yeah. I'm trying to hammer this point home. Working outside the home and handling money and having access to cash is a privilege, not a right. Yeah. And once again, so setting up exactly how, what the consequences will be, that is something for a family council. And that that's maybe going to be different in your family than it is in ours. But discussing it ahead of time, having it set up ahead of time, usually helps avoid the problem. Yeah. Or when you do implement the consequence, the person knows it's something they had agreed to. That's fair. And so they, they, they don't direct their anger at you, the parent. Yeah. It's more, I why did I do that? So before you start thinking that we're being uh, extreme and controlling, here are a couple of thoughts. And we're... Where <laughs> we we're usually speaking from sad experience. Yes, where uh, as you said, Hannah, anticipating potential problems goes a long way <laughs> to avoiding major conflicts and ruining and ruined relationships. Because we we want to maintain that that good relationship with our children. The time to address the alcohol problem is not when the person is drunk. You want to address the problem before when the person's willing to work and is sober and is like, yes, I do have a, I need to work on this. What are we going to do? Let's come up with a strategy. That's the time to discuss. When your children have gone off and earned all this money and, and they're, they're hiding it from you or, or blowing off their jobs at home or not doing their responsibilities, the problem's already there. And, you, and then you come down hard on them and the kids think you're angry and it, and it just, it doesn't work. So the best, like you said, Hannah, have your family counsel, set up these things ahead of time. That's our first tip. The second is giving your kids unfettered access to their money is unfair to them. Where, as you mentioned earlier, you know, money pants is that bridge from kids not really handling money or handling a little bit of money to having a lot of responsibility. And that has to go hand in hand with directed spending with mom and dad. You know, that that transition to from no accountability to some pretty major accountability. Hey, Every week, you're supposed to do payday and look at your kid's bank account, or not bank account, their, their piggy bank and their cash and compare and go make sure that, that what's in the app shows up in their their expense envelope. And they need, they need to be accountable and say, yeah, this is how much money I earned. This is how much money I spent. This is where the money went. So for example, but then there's a safety issue where when your children are earning money outside the home and you as mom and dad are not the ones paying them, because with money pants, mom and dads are the ones that are handing over the money. But when they're earning money outside the home, you're not there. And if the kid isn't being responsible and or isn't being accountable for that money, some bad things can happen. Very easily, unfortunately. Where, let's just say, for example, you, your kid has a job at McDonald's and they've earned you know a couple thousand dollars, but they don't have that accountability. And all of a sudden, they only have 500 bucks in their bank account. And you're like... Um, and they don't have anything to show for it. Um, like... Julie, where'd the money go? Uh, that's over, you know, $2,000 are missing. Is missing. You don't have new clothes. You don't have a new phone. You don't have a car. You don't have any expenses. $2,000, what happened? Where did, where did it go? And that's a major red flag. And uh, again, the, the, 
we've sadly we've had this experience, but we've also read experiences of people who've had this experience where there was a kid who had. I won't go he into too much detail. He but. had a job. He was a good kid, you know, for the most part. Unfortunately, got involved with um, some. He was on the internet, and somebody pretending to be a beautiful woman convinced him to take some inappropriate pictures of himself and got enough information from him. Turned out it was somebody over in Africa, yeah. <laughs> you know, who did this sort of thing. He was a Nigerian prince. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And anyway, after a week, after they had what they needed, they said, hey, I'm going to ruin your reputation. I'm going to send this to all your parents and all your friends. And if you don't get this amount of money transferred to our bank account by this time. So the kid, because he had money, he started transferring the money yeah, and, and he didn't. He didn't have to account for it. And this went on only for a couple of weeks. But his parents had no idea. They had no clue that this was that their son was being blackmailed, and their son was scrambling to scrape together all this money to send off to this person so that this person wouldn't expose him for also, exposing himself. Yeah, for exposing <laughs> himself. And sadly, it was way too much for this poor kid, and he ended up killing himself. Yeah, that, that's how. That's an extreme example. I understand that's that an extreme example. happened within a very short amount of time. Had they simply set up, the kid had to get given accounting for the money he had earned. This could have been avoided. Where the parents would have said, wait a minute, what? Well, first of all, it should, the money should have been under lock and key, and the kid should have had to gone well, to no, mom I, and dad. But I want to say that this kid was a good kid. Yeah. He, w- he was an Eagle Scout. He was uh, did well in school. Mm-hmm. He had a job. He was a... He made some major, like... But it happened really fast. It happened really fast. But it was because he didn't have the maturity level to deal with that much money. It's not. It was an unfair. Oh, well, burden. It, it was. It was two problems actually. The media well, and, and what are you going to talk uh, about? Yeah. This, uh, there, there were two problems. That's a perfect segue into our next podcast, which will be why parents should be why media should be a privilege and not a right. Yeah, and we'll talk about that next. Where, but the the, the whole idea was that what if your child gets introduced to something that's out of their control? Like what? How about drugs? Or alcohol, or something where they're because they have this money that they could be tempted above that which they are able to resist. It's not fair to put that level of burden and responsibility on your children. The money—they're not at a higher maturity yes, level. Which is so. which is why it really maybe this should have been a, a, a whole podcast about directed spending because it really doesn't for children to learn the responsibility with money. It needs to be under the tutelage of mom and dad because it's too much responsibility. And they need to ease into that. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're about creating that transition, not about throwing this all this responsibility. We're in the, we're in the middle stages of that, right. not, not one or the other. Right. And then the last thing we wanted to talk about before we wrap up is just when it comes to working for other people, McDonald's is great. But oh, you need- can I take over on this part? Well, okay, I'm, I'll, on I'll, some I'll, of the things. I will set, to- up, I will set it up. But there were, <laughs> we had three thoughts. One is use the buddy system. Two, know who your children are working for and with. And number three, know the job, what is required of them. Those are kind of the three things just to look out for when your teenagers or even your preteens are doing these jobs outside the home. Look out for those. Those are three three things to look for. 
Did you okay. want to? Yeah, I, I just had a couple of a couple of stories. I uh, when your kids are younger and they're not able to get you know a regular job, a lot of times I'll do house cleaning, house cleaning, or dog sitting, mm-hmm. or you know just uh, uh, lawn jobs, or or. Uh, random little jobs that they get paid cash for usually from people you know or neighbors right. and Washing um, cars, that sort of stuff and we have had about a 50 percent success rate <laughs> with this where we have had our kids have worked with some absolutely fabulous people where where it's just been a very positive thing and a very good thing but I had one thing to be aware of is like if you're house cleaning my oldest daughter who's very sensitive to how people view her she's like mom people treat you differently if you're their house cleaner Mm -hmm. and it changes your relationship and so she didn't want to work for people she knew right and and or or that were like friends of our family and i understood that because i had worked for somebody when i was a teenager and i was their maid and it, it was a good job for me it was once a week i made a lot of money in a short amount of time and i had a really busy schedule so it was great for me but i remember once i i i had won miss lake region i was uh, the junior miss at my school mm-hmm. And I showed up the next morning and I I had my crown on and I was so, you know, I was like being silly, but I was so excited I had won. And the lady I worked for looked at me and she goes, oh, what's that for? And I'm like, oh, last night was the junior miss at our, our high school and I won. And she goes, you won? And she goes, wait, this high school? I know girls who go to that high school. You won? And she just kept looking at me like, you? And I realized I was her maid, and she couldn't see me as anything else, anything above that. And so and so I understood when my daughter had said, hey, I don't want to work for people we have a close relationship with right. or no, they, right. they treat you differently. Yeah. And she's right. And so, so we made the mistake of letting her, letting our kids work for people we didn't know well. And that was a huge mistake. Right. And so one instance, my, in this case, thank goodness she had other people with her, but it worked for someone who I didn't know well at all. And they said, hey, can your kids come work for me? I really need the help. Well, our kids had a reputation of being hard workers. Yeah, yeah. And and somebody else had told them about our kids. Right. So it was a referral. And it was a referral. But the person had psychological problems. And I didn't know when they hired them that they actually had a problem with hoarding that was pretty bad. And it it got really weird. Um, the relationship got really weird because at one point my daughter threw something away, garbage. She Should threw garbage away. away, and the person freaked out. But that's just it. If had you known she was a hoarder, yeah, you would have told your daughter don't. Well, yeah, first of all, don't it, work this there. isn't a yeah. healthy environment. But you would have definitely told her not, not to a, throw anything Not for away. a twelve year old. Yeah. I mean, she did need help cleaning her house, but not from a child. Yeah, and so it turned into. I want your child to unload my entire dumpster and that hasn't been taken out in months and months. And oh, and when I said, I don't feel comfortable with the safety of this because I knew what was in the garbage. Filled with toxic. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, then it was like, no, I want you to come do this. 
And then it turned into, I'm going to file a a criminal report and all this. And I'm like, uh, okay, nope, nope, nope. So that was, but, but there were, there were emotional problems underneath that. Like there were some psychological issues this person was dealing with, but it was not a good idea for me to have my 12 year old working for this person. But I didn't know her well enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there were these problems that didn't come out until there was a problem. And so, and then another time uh, I had a daughter who worked for somebody, she, a neighbor, she, she was selling, to, you know how schools have those fundraisers for which different teams, which I hate. And now I'm like, I don't think that's safe. Like, unless it's like people, you know, you know, really well to have kids going door to door selling stuff. And I, I, I don't Especially think called- teenage girls like what yeah a yeah I, yeah anyway so so yeah live and learn anyway so the, the these people bought some stuff for her dance team and and she ended up getting work for them at first it was pet sitting and then it was house cleaning and yeah, so our daughter went around <sighs> selling stuff this person met our daughter and went oh yeah, like they ended up, and, and, or she ended up, she offered, I don't know who yeah. offered or whatever, but we didn't know them well. And it turned later, it turned into a nightmare situation where it turned into these people encouraging our daughter to drink alcohol. Yeah. It turned into them encouraging her to do things, all sorts of things that were against our family rules and basically encouraging her to disrespect her parents and all sorts no, of things. it got to the point where they encouraged her to emancipate herself. Yes. Like crazy. To come, Cra- anyway, crazy it was Hannah. crazy. And, and so I would just be very, very careful about who you let your kids work for and know them. There, There's no guarantee like that your kids are going to be safe, but having making sure they always take somebody else with them and that you know the people, you kind of know their values, that goes a long way. So just be careful of that. But then the next thing is when they get a, a regular job, like working at a fast food, be careful about the area of town it's in or or well, no, okay so we were so, in a we were in a part of town where it, we were at baskin robbins and it wasn't the nicest area of town but you know we we love baskin robbins ice cream hey yeah, it was go, our date night let's go and, in yeah we go in and i looked around there's a single teenage girl this cute teenage girl was working, working there all by herself we're like does anybody else work here with you she's like no i'm like how when do you close she's like 10 so she was working by herself in a weird part of town, this young teenage girl, and she was closing up. So that means she would be there leaving the store by herself. Like, that seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I, I, would, I would not let my daughter do that, be in that situation. I'd be like, you know what, we'll, we'll figure something else out. Apply you, to a different yeah, job. You, we'll, we'll find you another job. So <laughs> You'll find yourself another job, but that's not safe. But, but going back to the, the buddy system, I wanted to point out that, you know, it, having a buddy with you, it it greatly increases the safety. If this girl at Baskin Robbins had just had one other coworker there, uh, a criminal would have thought twice before doing anything. The, the the having two people greatly reduces the possibility of a crime being a, being committed. But so it's it's protection there. But also, if your kids are working for somebody and maybe they're cleaning house or whatever, you know. And the person is maybe not as credulous. They could accuse your kids of stealing or whatever. But if there are two of your kids working, 
and they have a buddy with them, it helps protect your children against accusations like, oh, you broke this. No, we didn't. And I was there and Billy was there. Both of us were there. That's not what happened. So Mm -hmm. it helps with that. But it also is protection for the kids against themselves, where if your kid has unfettered access, like they're going back to the whole house cleaning idea where, you know, your kid is cleaning house and, oh, there's 10 bucks there on the shelf. I'll just pocket it. No one will be the wiser. If they have somebody there with them, it's a lot less likely that they're going to do that. Just or you know, getting into stuff that they shouldn't have, right. like they're, they're babysitting and oh, or if you're baby, uh, and, babysitting, and, oh, great there's example. their computer and I'll just jump on. Real I'll quick just and, jump on and you know, there's they have access to lousy stuff on the computer. Yeah, or the TV. If, or if they whatever. have somebody with them, they're way less likely to do that. Yep. It, that's not a guarantee because both of them could it just, could it get just in reduces trouble. the the, yeah. the possibility of getting in trouble. It just Lowers it just a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, the the whole idea is when it comes to outside income and cash in general and money in general, parents need to be the ones in charge. Let your kids have access to it, but within very specific boundaries, within directed spending, within a spending plan, all those ideas because the money should be a privilege, not a right. Kids, it's too much of a burden to put on kids to give them all this money and all this freedom without having some sort of framework and these these boundaries that really help them out. And mom and dad are those boundaries. And so money is one of the three M's that we say should definitely be a privilege. Because it can be dangerous. It can hurt your kid so if many, it's... It, it's bad for their, their development. It could be dangerous. It could be physically dangerous. Yeah. It could be emotionally dangerous. Like... But it could just be, you know, not good for their development all, all the way around. So keep the money as a privilege and not a right. And we'll talk about the other two. The, the, the There's money, there's media, which is a huge one, and then mobility. And that's primarily cars and bikes and stuff. But And we'll talk about those other two here in a future podcast. But that, that's kind of it. Those are our thoughts on making sure that money stays a privilege and how to use it properly in your home. Now, if, uh, if you like what you hear in this podcast... Please tell your friends. They may want well, to listen to it. it's certainly food for thought, you yes, know? Yes, definitely. You, you, you don't have to necessarily agree, but even if you don't agree, these are things to think about. Right. And if if you have a suggestion for a future podcast or just want to tell us how completely wrong we are, try, send us an email. Go to our website, go to support, and click on contact us, and we'll respond right away. We love feedback, even if it's criticism, because it always makes our product better. And that's it. That's it for today. Those are all of our thoughts. And... Enjoy some Falcon Chess for satisfying songs. We'll see you next time.